Welcome to Business Breakthroughs, where seasoned business coaches share their most challenging client scenarios. Come dive deep into transformative advice, strategies employed, and the remarkable outcomes achieved. Tune in for riveting stories that not only inspire, but also provide actionable insights for business growth and resilience. Here's your host, Neil DiPentino. Hey there, this is Neil DiPentino with Business Breakthroughs. You know, I was just sitting here thinking about, um, you know, the different style of uh, coaches and and consultants and that type of thing. And I've got a guy that's on today uh, who likes to really get down and dirty. And I'll explain that to you in just a second. Uh, Our guest today is an executive business coach, uh, leadership coach with Focal Point. Uh, He's also a mental fitness coach. We're going to dig into that a little bit and find out a little bit more about that. He graduated from the United States Naval Academy and began his career as a submarine officer. Uh, that's all very, very impressive. But here's the thing. The thing that I was most impressed with when I read his bio is in this past weekend, he ran the North Carolina Rugged Maniac race with his son. Welcome to the show, Tom Sokola. Tom, welcome. Hey. Thanks, Neil. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, uh, running the Rugged Maniac was something that as as part of my uh, learning new things and, and being open to new experiences was something I said, you know what, I think I can do that. And what better way to do it than with, with you know, one of your kids and people that you love and trust to, to help you get over the obstacles and get you through the course. So a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. I, that's awesome. You know, I used to run uh, small runs with my daughter back in the day when she was in high school and I had decent knees and, uh, you know, five Ks, 10 Ks, you know, I did a half marathon and everything, but this is kind of a, kind of a unique run. It's not like on pavement or, or whatever. You, I mean, you're literally running, you're getting down and dirty. You're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. And we're going to get into your, we're going to get into everything else for uh, in just a second, but I really want to talk about that for a second, if we could. Sure. Yeah. And you'll, you'll see out there advertisements for other things like uh, the Spartan races, the, the tough mutters, things like this. This is sort of the v- beginner's version of, of that. You know, I, I was not looking to go out there and, uh, you know, destroy myself or my son on our first time out there. But like you said, it's, it's run on a dirt track. Uh, it's uh, it's a 5k with 27 obstacles in it. Uh, the large majority of them requiring you to crawl under something and getting down into the mud, getting it all over you. And they're they're uh, courteous enough that usually within another obstacle or two, there's some freezing water that you get to, to slog through to get all the mud off of you. So yeah, what, I, what does crack me up is you cross the finish line and they get a pic photo of you looking sweaty because you're wet but not really capturing the, the true uh, nastiness that you're going through as you're crawling under the barbed water or through the trench or whatever else you've gone through. But it is that's, a lot of fun. That's crazy. My wife and I did a mud volleyball tournament like 15 <laughs> years ago. And um, I think we're still, you know, picking mud out of places today. Uh, 15 years later, it's just, uh, but it's so much fun. And it sounded like it was I mean, just the fact that you did it with your son. I think that's incredible. Yeah, it's it, you mentioned before, you know, part of the, the journey I've gone through with the mental fitness and, you know, working with some of my, my colleagues is being open to new things, trying new things and just, you know, uh, the joy uh, sometimes of, of doing something silly, you know, and just, you know, being in the moment and in the experience. And so I, I threw it out there to my brothers-in-law who both said yes, and I put it out to my kids and one of them said, yeah, okay, we'll get a shot. <laughs> so <laughs> I love you know, it. what a great experience. 
You know, it's one of the incredible things that uh, about being a business owner. We were talking a little bit off uh, camera about being entrepreneurs and the fear of of, of that, and oh, yeah. you know the, the the pitfalls, if you will. And but it does sometimes, you know, kind of pay off for us. It gives us the opportunity to be able to do things like the you know like the run that you did with your son. Absolutely. I mean, the, the part of the joys of it is it means that you know having your own schedule, making your own choices along the way is you're not missing the things that sometimes happen when you're running a, a corporate job and traveling all over and missing this event, missing that event. Now we can schedule around. And so being able to be there, be present for my, my kids, my family, my friends, it's all very, very important. That's incredible. You, um, so we talk again a little bit off camera. One of the things I know I, I found on your bio uh, was this real broad um, uh, experience in dealing with different kinds of leaders, all the way from the time that you were on the submarine to today. And so, one of the things that we wanted to kind of talk about today with you is the different kinds of leadership styles, how you deal with that. And but I guess bef bef before we really get into that, let's talk a little bit about your coaching experience and, and just give us a little bit of a background on how you got into that. Sure. So as you mentioned, you know, I graduated from Annapolis, went into submarines and, you know, did many years in corporate. And so it was a leadership laboratory across the board. And what I found was that the common thread for every job that I had had was in the, the mentoring or what I now refer to as coaching of other individuals, whether it was, you know, sailors who were reporting up to me up through, you know, junior people in organizations, in some cases, even uh, junior in position, but senior in experience of trying to help them navigate the various portions of, of corporate or new contracts, things like that, and really making a study of what worked, what didn't work. You know, and you go on LinkedIn, for example, and you see a thousand different articles over the, uh, the evils of micromanagement or the, the problems with communication or change management, all the rest of stuff. And it seems like everybody knows what the answer is, but for some reason, they don't apply it. And so, you know, as I, you know, continued to work through my career, really tried to make a study of what worked, what didn't work. And what I found was one of the biggest common threads through all of that uh, was something that I, I've also found through a program um, that David Horsiger presents called Trust Edge is it comes down to trust. You know, because I, I, and I want to make sure that I'm giving credit where credit is due because I, I, I wouldn't, wasn't able to put my finger on it until I learned it through there. But it's building the trust with the people that you work with becomes very, very critical to every aspect of it. It's, it's being able to show vulnerability to your people when you don't know the answer and are willing to go to them for help. It's, it's you know, giving them the opportunity to learn, giving people the opportunity to fail because there's, there's too much focus these days on win at all costs. When the reality is the only way we grow is by going outside of our comfort zone, which most of the time means that we don't know what we're doing and we have to have the, the flexibility and a leader who is willing to maybe guide you along the way and accept that this didn't turn out the way we want it to, to work out. All right. But so there's successes and there are learning opportunities. We need to have the opportunity to learn. And so th these are all, you know, parts of, as I was going through the, this experience in my life, realized that what did I really want to focus on? And I wanted to focus on the people. And so what that meant was shifting from where I was in corporate and really focusing on the development of people, helping them achieve where they wanted to go, learn these lessons on, on, on trust and learn these, these lessons about you know, how to succeed or how to turn what may be considered a failure into something that you can grow from and succeed on the next time around. So that all became very important to me and is the most fulfilling part of what I do and why I enjoy coaching so much. 
That's awesome. Yeah, um, so one of the things I read in your bio that I really kind of uh, was close to home is it says you said that the uh, success of any company is in the hands of your employees. And so yeah. it, it, and if you're a, a good leader and you guide those employees, you're going to have a very solid staff that's going to really help you grow that business. But that employee, if they're not trained properly, if you don't have the proper leadership, could hold your your business hostage for oh, all intents and purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, one of the, the things that I, I think is the, the worst worst practice that we get you see a lot in any. It's not just corporate America, but any type of business is that we promote people based on their their previous successes, and then we don't train them out of the gate to be successful in the new role. And so you hear it all the time: the concept of "fake it till you make it." That's just the worst way to do anything. If you don't know, you should have somebody there who can mentor you and train you and get you where you need to go. I mean, if you think about it, if you start in a new position and you don't know what you're doing and you're faking it along the way, there's a loss of productivity, there's a loss of trust, there's a loss of communication. All these things are festering behind the scenes when the right person guiding you to success from the beginning means that everybody is winning. You know, and what better way to do that than to show people that you're invested in their future? I mean, it's it's building loyalty, it's building success, it's building the future leaders. You know, and one thing that they always stressed in the Navy is you train your success. Excuse me, you, you train your, your successor. So for me to get promoted, I need somebody to come into my role. Right. So the best thing I can do is say, hey, I'm ready for this promotion. And guess what? I trained this guy to step into my role so that it will be seamless. And of course, I'm going to work with them and, and all the rest of this stuff. It just makes sense. It makes perfect sense, but it seems like sometimes we are maybe a little paranoid about that scenario in that, you know, we don't want to train our successor because they could potentially take our job away from us. And where are we going to be, you know, in terms of yeah. employment? Uh, the other thing that, uh, you know, I was thinking about as you were talking is that I think I read someplace a while back that, uh, first of all, it costs more to hire a new employee. Uh, than it does to train an exist hire and train a new employee than yeah. it does to to train and and nurture along an existing uh, employee. The other thing about that is that uh, a good majority of the reasons or the biggest reason why a lot of people leave a, a company is because they just don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so a couple of statistics for you. And I will not bore you with statistics, but the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, put out uh, not too long ago that. Uh, it costs about 25% of a person's base salary to replace them if need be. And that says no, has nothing to do with the loss of productivity of the gapped position, the time lost in bringing somebody in, retraining them, the trust that has to be, has to be built, all these, these other aspects of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Training people right from the get-go and, and training the people internally, uh, I think, is, is the number one thing that you can do. You know, the other thing is 20% of people who get promoted will wind up leaving their job because they feel incompetent. They haven't gotten trained. They don't feel comfortable. So what will they do? They will quit and find a job elsewhere. Most likely they'll find a job elsewhere and then quit, but they will leave to go someplace else where they can get a fresh start. Sure. Yeah. And it's just, it's sad because it's 100% preventable. And it could, yeah, you're right. It could have been prevented and it's just poor leadership. And, and, and the sad thing is that a lot of times as leaders, we don't realize that we're just not good leaders and, um, and we do need somebody to help us. So as a, as a coach, a leadership coach, what would be the pro your process for, you know, dealing with a client and, and taking them from being like wherever they are right now to get them to, uh, to a point where they've improved and they can actually improve their business through good leadership. Whole lot of questions. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, my, my answer to your question is a whole lot of questions. <laughs> a whole, whole lot of questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I got you. Yeah, it makes sense. Because here's, here's the thing is the, the worst thing you can do as any coach is come in with a, a preconceived notion of what you need to do to help your client. Everybody has something different going on. Everybody has different experiences. Quite honestly, from a, a mental fitness standpoint, everybody has different demons that they're dealing with. You know, you, you said before that, you know, a lot of leaders are afraid to train their people because they're, they're worried about their own job being taken away from them. That's coming from a fear from, from within. You know, the strong-minded leader is going to look at this and they're going to say, if I get my people promoted, that makes me as a leader good, look good. If my team is excelling, that means that I as a leader am excelling. That's the right. way we should be looking at a lot of these things. So to help move a, a leader forward is it's, it's asking questions. More often than not, and I would say just about every time, the leader knows what it is that they need to do to fix it. Sometimes it's a matter of admitting it to themselves. So as a coach, my job is not to tell you what you're doing wrong. My job is to continue to ask probing questions and keep pulling that string until you come to the realization is like, oh, huh, I hadn't thought of it like that. You know, because what I will do is I will rephrase to them what I'm hearing you say is and see if they acknowledge that. And if they do, then that means that they realize what it is that you need to fix. Now, where do we go from there? That's where the, you know, the adventure continues. But more often than not, people know what their insecurities are. They know what the problems are. Whether they're willing to face them is a whole different question. Right. And that's one of the other parts of, of being a coach is you have to make the determination pretty soon. Is this person coachable? Right. Oh, that's a great, that's a great comment. I appreciate that. Um, so let me ask you, what kind of resistance you get? I mean, the people that you're working with, they've actually, they've obviously reached out to you. They know they need some help in this, in this area uh, for the most part, but um, you know, we're all human beings. We are resistant to change a lot of times. And, and a lot of times we're resistant to advice. I mean, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of resistance do you get? I don't get a lot of resistance, thankfully, because as you said, uh, you know, they, they, if, they, if they're coming to me, it's because they know something's wrong. You know, and the, and the good thing about that is having that sort of self-awareness that, that something needs to change usually makes pretty fertile ground for people who are open to trying something new, which definitely helps. Now, you will hit a roadblock. You will have some people who say that um, – apologies, that's on my end. Um, uh, you know, I will have some people say that um, I'm not willing to do that. I realize I need to do that, but I'm not ready to do that. Okay. So the question is, is it worth continuing to, to continue to work on something or do we need to take a pause? You know, and, and I will tell people right off the bat, I am not a therapist. I'm not a licensed practitioner of psychology or anything like that. If there's something in your past or something going on, which is preventing you from wanting to move forward, you need to go see this type of help. And we're, when you're ready, we'll keep on going. So that's fantastic. So when you you get somebody who's you know who you know buys into the program, and I, that maybe is not the right choice of words, but when you get somebody who's all in and everything, yep. and you go through your process process and everything, what kind of results can uh, you know a, a per, a, one of your clients expect? So uh, I, I give you a couple of examples if that's one. So one person that I worked with is a is a, a leader in one of their companies. So it's a, obviously it's a multi tiered you know, company. Uh, and this individual is looking to, to take over their, their, their uh, supervisor's role. The, the rumor is that uh, the supervisor is getting ready to retire and they want to be seen as the heir apparent. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about is, well, what are you struggling with right now? And the response that I got was, well, I'm getting no guidance. I'm not getting any, 
I'm not getting help doing this. I'm not getting help. If I ask for specifics, I don't get anything. You know, and one of the things we did right off the bat is we reframed. I said, well, what's the benefit here? You know, and it took a little while to get there. But when we were able to turn this on its head is like, well, you're not getting micromanaged. So let's let's take that victory. And, and, and yeah, absolutely. Say, OK, so so what does that give us the opportunity to do? And so what we, we did from there is we crafted this plan for how to handle this, the idea that this the supervisor was not giving guidance, was not giving specifics or certain things like that in a way that could take them from where they are to success while still showing respect to, to the supervisor, you know, and, and still crafting a plan, which was completely above board, you know, so that everybody knew what the idea was. And then also making it so that this person's subordinates knew what the plan was. We're getting the guidance. We're still getting the ability to stretch their own wings and grow, you know, and it just changed their perspective, you know, and what I love about when we, when we have these types of breakthroughs is you see the sense of relief in the person you're working with. You see, you get this aha moment where you actually, sometimes they go, whoa, it's like, okay, that, I love that. I can see this. I can do this. And it, it, it's, it's as if someone has just lifted this crazy weight off their shoulders and they are just ready to run. And it's fantastic. You know, and like I said, a lot of times it's just a matter of reframing certain things that they already know or acting as a sounding board to push things back and say, okay, you're saying this, let's look at it this way. Let's say this, let's look at it this way. What are you seeing? How is this being approached? You know, until so you find something which absolutely works within that person's framework now that they have expanded their perspective. One of the things I heard you say during that, that, that piece there was uh, you, you said communicating the ideas to subordinates and to others. And I think as a great leader, that's really super important that you have communication skills because, I mean, you may have the greatest ideas in the world and you're unable to communicate them, to, you know, downline, upline. Uh, yeah. Then really you're nowhere. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, uh, so much uh, change management at the, at the Fortune 500 level that I experienced failed because of poor communication. This idea of, well, we can't tell people this yet. We can't tell people this yet. We can't, you know, we can't roll this out yet because, you know, they, they, the sooner you start expect, explaining to people what you're trying to accomplish, why you're doing certain things, why what you're trying to do is helping, going to try and get you to where you're trying to go, or giving the opportunity for the people who might be the effect, affected the most to weigh in and provide additional perspectives, that's what's gonna set you up for success. Not springing something on somebody at the last moment and accepting them to just, as they'll put it, you know, get a jam down their throat. Right, right. Because, I mean, aside from the fact that nobody likes surprises, I mean, with the exception of opening of a really cool gift, most people don't like surprises, especially at work. They don't want that. You know, they want consistency, they wanna know where they stand, they wanna know how to approach certain things, and they wanna know if something is going to affect them they want to know why. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, you, something that you said, I think makes a whole lot of sense is staying, you know, communicating with those people as you go along. And I think a lot of times you're right. Leaders, you know, they want to kind of keep things under hat until they have like all of the plan together. But I think, you know, first of all, it's hard to get somebody to buy into a new plan. Change is not always easy, but it, I think it makes it a lot easier when you, get to get people to buy into the pl a plan or a program or whatever it might be if you include them because now they feel part of the process is that correct yeah, absolutely making your team part of the process is a huge a huge path to success 
you know, and I will tell you that the leaders that I've worked with who have been the most successful have used the people, their stakeholders to help craft the solution. And a lot of times what they'll just start out with is the why. I, I think Simon Sinek does a, a really good job of, of talking about, you know, explaining your why. Well, just as simply as leaders, if you explain to your people, this is what we're trying to accomplish and why, and then opening up to them and say, we're open to some ideas. How do you think we should handle this? Or what are your concerns about this? Or do you have some ideas where we can do some brainstorming? You'll get flooded by ideas. You know, people want to be heard. They mm -hmm. want they want people to respect and and use their expertise. And then when that that expertise and that knowledge is being used to craft the final solution, they're going to want to buy into it. They're going to want to, to roll it out because this was their idea also. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love what you said. I love everything that you said so far. And uh, and I hate this, but we are getting close <laughs> to the end. Uh, I hate when this happens because I really get a good conversation going and then uh, we have to cut it off. But we can always bring you back another time. Before we Lovely. leave, I want to shift gears. Fantastic. Okay, so it's a date and I'll have Hannah give you a call. Um, <laughs> before we before we go, though, I would like to shift gears just for a quick second here. Uh, you, uh, in your bio, say that you are a PQ mental fitness coach. I'm going to yes. be honest with you. I have no idea what that is. Can you maybe All give right. me just a little idea about what that is and what you do with that? Sure. So, um uh, positive intelligence is a is a, a world recognized program. It comes from uh, someone. Na his name is uh, Shurzad Sharmant, who uh, who is the one who created this. Mental fitness and um, and mental health. All right, they they definitely go hand in hand. It's the idea of for resiliency and positive mindset is how can you reframe the things in your life to look at it as a gift. So to be very very clear, things happen. Period. Are they good things? Are they bad things? Well, what's the determination? But the fact of the matter is things happen. How we decide to approach that, is it a gift? Is it an opportunity versus woe is me, this happened to me, absolutely changes how you interact with the world, the relationships you have with people, your chances of success. So being able to have a simple program, in the, in the case of the Positive Intelligence Program, it lasts about six weeks. It's extremely easy to follow and to run through. And the great thing is you get you know, a coach or a Sherpa or whatever you want to call them to take them through the program is it helps you set up a, a new mental operating system to be able to look at the things in your life as an opportunity and a gift, you know, and really sort of capitalize on that so that you can find more joy, more fulfillment, more success in life. That sounds cool. So that really is uh, not just for business people, for anybody, right? It's for anybody. I, I will tell you that uh, for me personally, when I went through the program, it, it absolutely impacted my business, but it also impacted the way that I interact with my children, with my friends, with, with other family, pretty much all aspects of what I do. It's just a, it's a, a healthier perspective that, that I feel that, that I can just engage with the world. Gives you the opportunity to go play in the mud on a day with your son, right? Absolutely. And I will tell you, that's one of the reasons why I did it, was going through that program. I said, yeah, why not? This could be fun. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Hey, so if, if uh, our audience wants to get in contact with you, uh, either about the, uh, that coaching or about your coaching at Focal Point, how would they go about getting in touch with you? Uh, one of the easiest ways is uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, as, as you've mentioned, a direct message on LinkedIn to find out more is, is very simple. I do have a, a website. It's uh, SecolaInsights.com where you can find some of the programs. And uh, I will tell you that uh, it's in the process of, of constantly revamping because there's a, a lot of new programs that I want to make sure that are em being emphasized and explained better. So that's all out there. But, you know, any type of direct communication with me through, uh, through social media, I'm happy to talk about. 
Outstanding. Well, thank you very much, Tom. We really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, that's all we have for today's show. And so thrilled that you could join us. Tom uh, has been a phenomenal guest. Hannah's going to call him. He's going to come back. If you didn't get enough of him today, we're going to get him back so you can get a little bit more of him. Uh, Business Breakthroughs is sponsored by Titan Digital. You can check them out at uh, titandigital.com. Uh, and you can check out all of our great hosts uh, at Small Business Delivered Network at smallbusinessdelivered.com. That's all we have for today. Until next time, thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, Neil.